0: Welcome to another inspirational message from Shoreline City. Welcome to Shoreline City, everyone. I am so excited that we all get to be together today. Welcome to all the friends and family members that are joining around TVs and laptops and tablets. Thank you so much for being with us. We are honored to have you and to everyone in Antigua and everyone in Dallas and honestly all over the country who are joining us today. We are happy to have you with us. I am thrilled. Uh, that we have, the two campuses that we have, one in Antigua, as I mentioned, and one uh, in Dallas. But we're about to open another one here in Dallas in the Bishop Arts community, and we are thrilled about that. That is just a few weeks away, so if you could be praying for the launch of that campus, that would mean the absolute world. But again, glad everyone is with us. Happy New Year. Can you believe 2017 has come to an end? I Still cannot believe that, uh, but I'm excited to see what God's going to do in 2018, and I'm excited to see what God is going to do today in each and every one of our hearts. So I'm not sure where you're at, what your holiday season has been like, but what I do know is God has a plan and a purpose and an agenda for your life that he knows exactly where you are. He knows all that you are walking through. He knows everything that's on your shoulders right now, and his grace is is sufficient, his power is made perfect in weakness. So we're gonna trust today that he'll grab a hold of your heart, my heart, and push all of us forward. I recognize today, there's gotta be some individuals out there who are single, and I'm sure there's some people out there who are married, and many probably who are single and want to be married, and many who maybe who are married and want to be single. Uh, That's another talk for another time. Uh, But we all love love stories. And uh, one was coming to my mind about these two single people uh, who met. I don't think they met in the club. I don't think they met in college, but but they met nonetheless. And, And these two individuals met, fell in love, and And they uh, began to uh, grow together, develop together, and they actually became rather wealthy. Uh, So wealthy, in fact, that they uh, had land and and possessions and property, and they actually even had servants uh, that worked for them. These two individuals were doing incredibly well. They had one issue, uh, one significant issue for them. Uh, They couldn't get pregnant. The wife was infertile. And all the guilt and the shame that could sometimes come with that. Maybe you have some friends or family members, I know I do, that have, that have walked through infertility. And it can be an incredibly difficult thing. So these two individuals who are in love, who are husband and wife, and excited about uh, having a family one day, aren't able to do it. Uh, they're so close to something that they want to have. You know when you can see other people have the thing that you want? You know when, when you're looking for a job and it seems like the friends around you are getting the jobs? You know when you're wanting to be in a relationship and those around you seem to be getting in a relationship but, but you're not in one? When, when your body is maybe ailing or hurting in some shape, form, or fashion and other people seem to be getting the help and the healing that they're looking for but but you find yourself still battling and struggling Uh, with that same difficulty or disease. It's like it's right there. You can see it, but it's not yours. This man and woman, they could see other people having kids, but they didn't have one of their own. So the wife says to the husband, and I'm not kidding, she says, hey, go ahead and sleep with my assistant, and have a baby with her, and I'll raise a child as if the child's my own. The husband says yes to this. For the record, okay, this is a side note, this is free. Husbands, if your wife ever tells you to go sleep with someone other than her, don't do it. It always ends in a mess, and so it does for this couple it ends in an absolute mess. It ends in disaster. Because whenever you and I have a sincere desire or a sincere dream, and we choose to to fulfill that desire or dream in an unhealthy way, it always ends in disaster. You know this just like I know this. You have maybe uh, wanted to be in a relationship so bad, and that's a sincere desire. That's a sincere dream. But you find yourself uh, trying to fulfill that desire in an unhealthy way, and you have had broken relationship after broken relationship, and now it's as if you're inhibiting your future because of all of your past decisions. It ends in disaster. So it does for this couple as well. It ends. Disaster, just issues, problems are coming their way. The couple that I'm talking about here is a biblical couple. Their names are Abraham and Sarah. And they're actually a couple of the heroes of the faith. I want us to turn in our Bibles for a second. If you have your Bibles, you can turn with me. And if not, we'll put the scriptures uh, on the screen for you. But Genesis chapter 16, Genesis chapter 16. Now the Bible I have in front of me right here, it has been so used, I actually can pull out (laughs) Genesis 16 right here. I I have uh, like a newspaper version of the Bible here in front of me. I know I need to get this fixed, okay? This is not the entirety of the scriptures. It fell out uh, the other day when I was reading my Bible. Genesis chapter 16, verses one and two. Now Sarai, Abram's wife, her name was changed to Sarah, as was Abram's name changed to Abraham a little bit later. We don't have time to get into all of that. But now Sarah and Abraham... Uh, Sarah, Abraham's wife, had borne him no children. Remember, we said she was infertile. But she had an Egyptian maidservant, an assistant named Hagar. So she said to Abram, The Lord has kept me from having children. Go sleep with my maidservant. Perhaps I can build a family through her. Abraham agreed to what Sarah said. <laughs> Dummy. But he did it nonetheless. <laughs> Skip down with me to verse number four. He slept with Hagar and she conceived. When she knew she was pregnant, she began to despise her mistress. She began to despise Sarah, her boss. Then Sarah said to Abraham, you are responsible for this. You're responsible for this wrong. I am suffering. I put my servant in your arms. And now that she knows she is pregnant, she despises me. May the Lord judge between you and me. Again, this situation happened hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years ago, but it's a similar situation that so happens to you and I. We have something in our hearts that we want God to do for us. We have a promise that we even feel God has given us. We go about trying to get this promise the wrong way. Go Go with me to Genesis Chapter 21, Uh, Genesis chapter 21. We're going to read verses 1 and 2 here. Genesis chapter 21, verses 1 and 2. Again, I have my leaflet version of the Bible here. Now, the Lord was gracious to Sarah as he had said, and the Lord did for Sarah what he had promised. Sarah became pregnant and bore a son to Abraham in his old age at the very time God had promised him. Do you see that God had made a promise, had told them you will have a a child, you're going to have a son, but they decided to go about it their own way, try to circumvent the plan of God. They decided, hmm, what God said, I think I can figure out how to do this my own way. You and I do this all the time. Many of us are in struggles and in problems right now because of this exact same mindset and thought pattern. And here they get the thing that God had asked for them. But there's about to be a a collision. There's about to be a problem. You see, when, when what God promised you meets with the thing that you promised yourself, There's a collision because you made some promises to yourself. I know what I need. I know what I want. I know where I need to go. I know what I need to make happen. And you make all these promises for yourself, but God already has a promise for you. And now God's promise shows up on the scene, but you have your same promise as well. Now there's a car accident. Now there's an explosion. Now there's conflict. Now what's going to happen? Look with me in verses nine to 13. Of chapter 21. But Sarah saw that the son whom Hagar the Egyptian had born to Abraham was mocking. She said to Abraham, You get rid of that slave woman and her son, for that slave woman's son will never share in, in the inheritance with my son Isaac. The matter distressed Abraham greatly because it concerned his son. But God said to him, Do not be so distressed about the boy and your maidservant. Listen to whatever Sarah tells you because it is through Isaac that your offspring will be reckoned or counted. I will make the the son of the maidservant into a nation also because he is your offspring. Again, there's a point where where what God promised you and what what you promised yourself collide. You're going to have to make a decision. What direction are you going to go? What are you going to choose? You're going to choose your own way or are you going to choose his way? As I'm reading through this story here, uh, there's so much here, but but there's a couple of uh, thoughts of wisdom that that were were popping off the pages at me that I pray will be an encouragement to your heart and your mind as well. here's, Here's the first thought of wisdom that came to my heart for myself and for all of us. And it's this, it's simple. Loyalty to your comfort will complicate your destiny. Loyalty to your comfort will complicate your destiny. What does that mean? We, we talked about this some last week in both Antigua and in Dallas. We talked about comfort. We talked about that being one of our idols, one of our gods, one of the things that we will worship, one of the things that we will fix our life around and, and build our life on. We'll try to be comfort. And when you and I try to be loyal to our comforts, it ends up complicating our destiny. Here, this man and woman, Abraham and Sarah, they have a promise from God. They ha- God has told them, I'm going to give you something. And they tried to get what God had for them some 14 or 16 years early. If they just would have waited, Isaac was always on the way, but they decided, no, what's easier for us? What works better for our time frame? What? It, what? How can we bring this whole thing together? And since they had a plan in their own head and in their own heart, it ended up complicating what God designed for them. Isaiah chapter 55. Now I've got the rest of my Bible here. Isaiah chapter 55. Verses eight and nine. This is God speaking to all of us. For my thoughts are not your thoughts. Neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. Here, God is letting all of us know, I know what's best for you. My wife and I have three fantastic kids, okay? We love all of them. Parker, Grayson, L. love them tremendously. They are an absolute joy, a gift from heaven. We care for each of them deeply. So um, sometimes when I'm driving and I'm thinking about either one of my, my older sons, my older kids, Uh, they'll say something to me like, hey, hey, dad, that's where my friend lives. My friend lives over there. And I say, oh, no, your friend doesn't actually uh, live there. And they say, no, no, no. Yes, he does, dad. He lives over there. That's his house. And I say, no, he doesn't. He actually lives at another place. Oh, no, 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 dad, no, dad, no, dad. He He lives over here. And they're going back and forth with me, 12 and 7. Neither one of them drive. Neither one of them pay a bill in our house, not one bill, not, not one, okay? Not one. <laughs> Neither one of them have know the entire city like I do. I'm the one that drives them around. Their, their mom and I are the ones that take them different places. But here, they're trying to tell me that they know where someone lives when I know that's not the place where they live because I drop them off at their friend's house so I know where their friend lives and they don't have any idea. Arguing, arguing, ar- going back and forth with me. Now, number one, I let the arguing go on a little too long, so I've since curtailed that. Okay, so I'm doing a be- I'm doing better as a parent. Number two, how is a seven-year-old or a twelve-year-old going to tell a grown man something that I know I know, and I know they don't know? It's similar to you and I telling God, "This is the man for me." This is the job for me. This is where I should move. This is what I should do. I need to make a change. And God's like, wait, no, that's not where your friend lives. That's not where your destiny lives. That's not where your call lives. That's not where your purpose lives. Oh, yes, it is. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Wait, why are you arguing? With the God of the universe, you ha- you and I have no idea actually how much God loves us. We actually have no idea how for us he actually is. And many of us are-, are foolish enough to believe that we know what's best for us when the God of heaven, the maker of heaven and earth, the one who put skin on, came into this earth, got on an old rugged cross for your sins and for mine. He gave his all for us, his one and all only son. And now you and I somehow think that God is holding out on us. He's somehow withholding his promises. He's not withholding. He's just waiting. He's not withholding. He's just waiting. And you and I, we have a problem waiting. We have a problem being patient. We have a problem slowing down. Many times we have a problem remembering who's God and who's not. And for a reminder for your soul and mine, he's God and we're not. That's the first one. The first, it's a little nugget of wisdom. The second one uh, that was coming to my mind, and I pray that this is an encouragement to you as well, is uh, your, your ability to say no Will impact your capacity to say yes. Are you following me? Your ability to say no will impact your capacity to say yes. My wife and I go grocery shopping or uh, maybe have groceries delivered to the house or what have you because now there's all these Things uh, at least here in the states. I'm sure they're in uh, Guatemala as well, where you you can call someone or or you know get on an app and they'll they'll send a groceries to your house, or maybe you have a friend drop some things off to you. If your hands are filled with a whole bunch of groceries and someone wants to hand you more groceries, this is elementary. You get that you can't keep grabbing more when your hands are already full. If I would have said no to the first offer of groceries, then I would be able to say yes to the next offer. I'd be able to grab, I'd have the space, I'd have the capacity to grab the next thing. Some of us, our hands are so full because we have not learned how to say no to certain things. We don't have the capacity to say yes to the God things that he's sending our direction. Let me put it this way. Uh, I've got a cell phone like like most of us do. And, and and my cell phone, it's not a flip phone. Those are those are dead now, okay? For most of us. But some of us still have them. I've got some friends. I was on an airplane not too long ago, and the lady boop took out took out her flip phone. And she was not ever gonna have an iPhone or or an Android, it wasn't going that direction. But 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 she had a cell phone nonetheless. But but on my cell phone, I was having a problem with it running so slow. And you're probably like me. Can't have my phone running slow. It's like my life flows through my phone. What if I miss a text message? What if I miss an email? What if I can't get on Instagram or Facebook? What if it's taking a long time for a picture to load? I I could not handle this. I did not know what was going on. So, So I got online and figured out why is my phone going so slow? And I discovered, I discovered that I probably was using up too much of my storage on my phone. I had pictures and apps on my phone that were taking up storage. So I had other pictures I wanted to take and other apps that I wanted to update that I could not update and pictures I could not take because of what was already on my phone. So what I had to do, listen to this, what I had to do is I had to go through and I had to delete some pictures and I had to delete some apps so I could have the capacity to update the things that needed to be updated on my phone. Some of us, God's been trying to talk to you. You've been mad thinking he's not talking to me. I've been praying to Jesus. I've been asking Jesus to do a work in my life. It seems like nothing is happening. The problem is not that he's not talking to you. The problem is not that he's not drawing you closer. The problem is you have so much storage on the phone of your life. You have so many old pictures on there that he can give you the updates that you're looking for. So I, I had to go through and delete. What pictures do you have to delete? What apps do you have to delete? What are you carrying that you need to drop? I feel like there's some past pictures that need to be deleted off of our phones. Because every time we get in a new relationship, we pull those pictures up. We start scrolling through. Them. We start remembering all the hurt, all the offense all the times people have let us down and we're looking through all these pictures and no wonder we don't have space to take a new picture. We don't have space for the new relationship because we haven't said no to these old. You got to start deleting some of these pictures. Can I be really honest with you? Um, I, 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 got a, I got a present. I got a gift uh, not too long ago from some friends of mine. Uh, a bunch of them uh, went in together and, and and got me this bracelet. Uh, I'm not actually a big jewelry person at all. I, I, I like watches, but but I'm not a big jewelry person at all. Um, even this ring that I have, my my wife got it for me for Father's Day, and uh, I was so hesitant to wear it, but. But I said, hey, my wife got it for me. I'm going to wear it. And she got it for Father's Day. And I love being a dad and love being a husband. So uh, I'm honored to be able to wear it. But I got this bracelet. And honestly, when I first saw it, I was very uncomfortable because I think this bracelet, I mean, I think it's expensive. Um, and they gave it to me and I saw it in the box and I did not want to wear it. Because I, I, I don't want to put it on here because I feel like it just looks a little too nice. And I'm not into, like, flashy. And if you are, that's totally fine, you know. But, but I, I'm, just, I'm just not into it. So I thought, man, I, I don't know if I can wear this. And you know why? It's my insecurity app. It's my insecurity pictures. It's me when I got this gift. I started to look through my phone at old pictures of what are they going to think about you? Are, you're a pastor. How are people going to judge you? You got to set a good example. You don't want to cause anybody else to stumble. You don't want to give anybody else an issue with what you're wearing. So maybe you just don't wear anything and, as if I can control what anybody else thinks. So what I had to do is almost every day now, I wear this almost every day. I put it on and I put it on to say, God, I'm going to be comfortable with the good things that you give me in my life. I'm going to be comfortable with your love. I'm going to be comfortable with your favor. I'm going to be comfortable with your mercy that are new every morning. And I know I don't deserve it instead of me trying to take it off. Oh, I can't have that mercy. I can't have that mercy. Oh no, not in my life. I'm not good enough for that. I was never good enough for it in the first place. That's why it's called a gift. That's why it's called grace. So I'm trying to wear this. So I keep on remembering that I got to wear grace. I got to wear mercy. I got to wear love and all of it comes from him. And it's a, free gift. What do you have to delete? Lastly, but certainly not least, the last thing I see here is a bad start can turn into a good finish. Bad start can turn into a good finish. Hebrews chapter 11, verse number 11. By faith, Abraham, even though he was past age and Sarah herself was barren, was enabled to become a father because he considered him faithful who had made the promise. Oh man, I'm about to run around this room right now. (laughs) Here is Abraham and Sarah. They messed up, okay? They made a mistake. They went about things their own way. God, in his graciousness, was able to, to, to put some things together, to extend grace, even in the midst of a difficult scenario, because that's what our God does. That's why he said those kind things to Abraham about his son Ishmael in Genesis chapter 21. But here, Abraham and Sarah, they got off course a little bit. But now we find them in Hebrews chapter 11. This is the the faith chapter. This These are heroes of the faith, individuals that have been uh, graced by God and have been picked by God. And for, for us to be an example to all of us, individuals that lived lives of faith, lives of dependence, lives of surrender, lives of saying, God, I don't want my own way. I want your way. And even though Abraham and Sarah messed up, notice they are still listed in this Hall of faith, if you will. I just want to give you encouragement right now. If you started bad, it can turn to a good finish. I, I, I just want to give you encouragement. If your 27 has been, 2017 has been bad, your 2018 can be a good finish. I just want to give you encouragement right now that God actually, he, he is more faithful to forgive than you are to sin. He's more faithful to clean you up than you are to make yourself dirty. He, he's more faithful to restore than you are to break things I feel I can keep saying this I can take one thousand of these because our god has been so incredibly faithful time and time and time again would you i dare you to consider him him faithful the one who promised i dare you to consider him faithful and those of us who are watching here and you've lost your faith and you just feel like God has not come through for you on so many occasions and you you're looking around the world, and you see loss and depravity and darkness, and you're trying to figure out how could a good God allow these types of things to go on into the world. I just want to dare you that your God in heaven, his name is Jesus Christ, and he is above all, greater than all, the creator, the one that holds everything together. He is so for you, and if you will put your trust in him, I am telling you, your life will be changed from the inside out. For those of you who already have your faith secured in Jesus Christ, would you not compartmentalize your faith? Would you not allow Jesus just to work in one area of your life? But would you also open yourself up, open yourself up to him working in every area of your life? What I'm telling you, a bad start can turn into a good finish. This is what we see with the cross of Jesus Christ. We see that there is death. We see him being put in a tomb. It looks as if it is over. The power of the gospel is not just the death of Jesus. The power of the gospel is the death, the burial, and then the resurrection. There is a good finish. If it's not good in your life, then it's not final, because God's final word is always, good, I want you to understand if you started in debt, you can end leaving a legacy for other generations. If you started in fear, you can end in faith. If you started in brokenness, you can end in wholeness. If you started in anxiety, you can end in peace. If you started in fear and in chaos, you can end with him saying, peace, be still. This is the Jesus that you and I serve, and he is on your side and he's on my side, and he didn't this for Abraham and Sarah. He's done it in my life and he'll do it in yours. What is it you're carrying? What is it that you're holding on to? What pictures are you going back to over and over again? What collision has taken place in your life between what God had planned for you and what you had planned for yourself? Here's a moment for all of us as we get rid of the start 2018 for us to say, God, I don't want my, my way anymore. I want your way. So I want to look at every single person, eyeball to eyeball, and talk to you heart to heart to the best thing you can do for this 2018 is surrender your life completely and totally to our loving Savior. Jesus Christ. And what I want to encourage you to do after we get done here, in just this next moment, I want to encourage you to go on a walk or go to your room, or maybe sit with your friends or your family. Maybe you might need to call or text someone and say, hey, it's time for me to surrender my heart and my life to Christ. I don't want to go my own way anymore. I don't want to be loyal to my comforts. I want to have capacity for God's yeses in my life. Because I know my past is not what defines me. My Savior is what defines me. I love you so much, church. I love you, Antigua. I love you White Rock here in Dallas, and I love Bishop Arts, and I love all of you friends and family. And I want you to know I am praying for you, and we're trusting for the God of heaven to grab a hold of your heart in ways you never even thought possible. Thank you so much for allowing me to share these few minutes with you today. I will see all of you next week. hope you have been inspired to make it on earth as it is in heaven for more information please visit our website